Do you, EBO? He's a former cop. He's an author of When Cops Kill. He's a lead attorney at the Blue Line Institute. His name is Lance LaRusso. We're going to talk about when prosecutors let criminals get away with no impunity. Hey, Lance. Hey, how you doing? Good morning. Good. I wish you could have been there last night. What a great event we had. It was so much fun where we just honored and, and showed respect to our first responders. It was great. You know, you cannot underestimate, uh, I mean, you can't overestimate the amount of impact it has on those public safety officers to be recognized, even though they say they don't want to, and to have their families recognize how much it means to the community. So kudos to you and everyone involved. Thank you. We, um, our firehouse subs lady gave our fire department $10,000, and we gave away prizes like crazy last night. It was so much fun. And Jay Wiley from Law Enforcement Today had a message. We had uh, one of our politicians giving a speech as a former cop. It was great, Lance. It was just great. Yeah, and the other thing that you really see is you get a chance to see behind those uniforms and what those folks are made out of. And, man, you just get so proud that they even want to serve our communities and take care of us. Well, and half of them are like family to me, so I got a lot of hugs, so that was good, too. But as a former cop and as an attorney and as somebody who understands that side of the blue line and and just sometimes just must be in shock for a second when you see some of the stupidity that's going on out there, and then the shock must just go all the way down to your spine when you see that they get away with it and nothing happens to them, because that's a fact in some of our major cities. You know, I try to take the the 10,000 or sometimes 30,000 foot view, and, and in the past couple of years, I just wonder what the end game is. What I can understand a prosecutor making a decision in a case that maybe people don't agree with, and prosecutors have to make tough calls, defense attorneys have to make tough calls, and so do judges. But when you have a pattern and practice of just excusing abject criminality, what are you trying to accomplish? How is that consistent with your goal as a prosecutor? And how are you remaining true to the, the office that you hold? Your job is to address criminality. And with all the tools you have in the toolbox, whether it's counseling or incarceration, but just excusing it and letting people go it serves no purpose whatsoever other than to encourage more. And it is. I mean, let's be honest. It is. People, I mean, more carjackings, younger and younger criminals. It's like there's no value of love. And GTA should have never been invented, for one thing. I don't blame video games for the behavior of people, but it does desensitize them. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting, the the four uh, the uh, people that were um, assaulting those officers. And I say four, we keep seeing four. I've seen that video. There's a lot more than four. Those two law enforcement officers in New York City who are on the ground, completely vulnerable, and they're being kicked in the head and the neck. And where would these people be who are advocates for these criminals that were allowed to leave if one of those officers was paralyzed? Would they be standing there with their family, helping them get adaptive equipment and vans and dealing with the fact that that person is no longer going to be able to make the money that they made to support them? And are they going to be standing by their side and helping them get their kids to elementary school in the morning and walking their daughters down the aisle? No, because they don't I think mean, they're it's human. Just absolutely crazy. They don't yeah, think they're and, human. And, and, they don't matter. 
And it's really kind of hard to imagine that because I see so much of the good that they do. I see that how they handle when someone in their ranks does something inappropriate. But like I said, I just wonder about the end game. What are you trying to accomplish when you have people on video assaulting law enforcement officers and you let them walk away? I'll never understand it. And I don't get the mentality behind the people who are doing it. What What is their reason, Lance? What What could they possibly think the end game is? What are they going for here? You know, I, I know this sounds crazy. I think they're going for sound bites. And a lot of these folks that are doing it are raising money based on the um, these crazy decisions. They're raising money for their campaigns or for their organizations on the backs of law enforcement and other public safety officers who are putting their lives at risk. But the end result can easily be seen. We have communities that are in fear. We have people that are afraid to walk to the grocery store or put their kids on a school bus. And instead of blaming the law enforcement officers for everything that's wrong, you need to realize that the people who are holding society together are not just wearing uniforms. Mm -hmm. And there's a criminal justice system for a reason. There has to be accountability for your actions. And if you don't hold people accountable, there are people in society who will keep pushing limits until you do. Well, and not only that, they're losing businesses right and left or moving out of all of those communities that are going to end up blighted and have nowhere to buy groceries, <clears throat> nowhere to get anywhere. It's just going to become Escape from New York with Kurt Russell. I mean, it's it's we're going there. It's It's getting that bad. And if we don't turn it around in the next couple of years... It's there's going to be a vigilante system out there, and then everybody's going to blame the people who fought back. Well, and I, you know, quite frankly, I talk about this in in my book, Blue News, and all the profits go to law enforcement charities. Uh, it's about telling your story, and these stories of community members need to be told. For years, I've been saying law enforcement needs to be better at telling their story, and we've gotten better. We have PIOs, we have PIO societies. Blue Line Lawyer Institute has a lot of techniques for uh, individuals to learn how to brag about their agencies. But the public needs to start standing up and talking about the crime that they are experiencing on a regular basis. You know, the problem with the news in general is we get desensitized to crime levels depending on how much of it we hear. Think about when the last time you heard about somebody breaking into a car and stealing something out of it. We can hear about that because it happens so routinely. It's it's not newsworthy. It's not going to grab someone's attention. Mm-hmm. Well, we're getting to the point in some cities where we're they're not even reporting armed robberies anymore because but, they're so commonplace. I'm sure you heard, Lance, the teens who stole a car in Texas and then all four of them died in a fiery crash. And half the people who were commenting on the story were like, the cops should have called off the chase. It wasn't safe. Are you kidding me? I mean, at this point, this and it, and it wasn't their first one. It was like a repeat. It was a cycle throughout the night where they were just taking cars and taking off. So people were actually saying the police should have called off the chase. At, at what point should the police just not do anything and just walk around and be present but never, ever arrest anybody? Because there is no impunity. Well, that's what guardians do. Warriors prevent homicides and protect people. You know, and it's it's bad when people say, well, why weren't the police there to protect me? Now we want police to protect people from themselves? 
<laughs> so like, kind of crazy. Yeah, it's catch-22. They can't win for losing. But bottom line is there are people like you, there are people like me, and there are people who are at the event that we had last night who truly understand the <clears throat> difficulty of the job. We had a car chase that ended up in a police shooting and the suspect being killed just yesterday right here in our community. And um, it, it bled over into our, our community. And I am proud to say that every single person here knows it was justified and needed to happen. So I'm proud to say that that's how we think in Missouri for the most part. Well, I mean, you know, and I appreciate you. You're always kind enough to thank me. But the bottom line is I got the best job in the world. I get to represent heroes every day. And when people ask what they can do, Go find someone in uniform today because you see them around. Sometimes they're invisible because, you know, they're just fighting past your community. They come in to get coffee where you are. They come in to eat and thank them for what they do. Go to your local fire station, thank them for being there, and just let them know how much they're appreciated. Recruiting is down. There's a lot of people who are walking away at the first opportunity to retire or even before that. Because if they retire early, they can usually find a private sector job that will make up for the money. They're not in it for the money. They're in it because their heart drives them to protect people. And, you know, we do that. We always say thank you for your service. They say thank you for your support. And it's almost like an immediate reaction. We say that to military, police, fire, anybody that we see. But events like we had last night I think should be more common. I know other places do it. Some of our banks hold hold celebrations for people who are first responders but i know how much they appreciate it and it took you know it's weird lance because it took a couple of years before they realized we didn't want anything from them because they're so used to being kicked and beaten down in the news and by the media that when a media group reaches out and says just let us love you for a night um they almost don't believe it yeah, that's awesome. I, I know that uh, several departments that I work with have uh, had citizen police academies and they've invited people from the media, and, and you're right. They're like, well, what, do you want us to film it? Or no, we just want you to come and socialize with everyone else and learn what we do. And there's some folks who won't take part of it because they don't have an exclusive. Uh, one agency in Atlanta said, now we're, if we're not going to be the only ones, we're not coming. But every, to a point, every reporter that I know, every journalist that I know that has ever participated in the Citizens Police Academy has come away saying, wow, there's a lot about this I didn't know. I learned a tremendous amount. Yeah, I, I had my butt handed to me when I did it because they stole my police car, Lance. They stole my car, man. And uh, <laughs> it, 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 it was a real eye-opener because I didn't even know they were over there. But anyway, um, where do people get your book? How do they support you so you can help support law enforcement? At bluelinelawyer.com. That's a good place to go, and they can see all of our books, uh, books like When Cops Kill and uh, Blue News and Peacemaking. We support law enforcement charities with the uh, profit from the uh, nonfiction books. And the Blue Line Lawyer Institute's available for law enforcement officers to come and learn. We're having our force forum. Go to bluelinelawyer.com and they can learn all about it. Everybody do it. Lance LaRusso, author, former cop, when cops kill author, lead attorney, Blue Line Institute. He's, he's just doing everything. I don't know when he sleeps. But Lance, thanks for being here today. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Uh -huh. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye-bye.